Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I am here with Tiffany Harnsong Cram and she is a divorce to destiny coach, right? And this idea Hmm. that... Divorce does not have to be the worst thing that ever happens to you. It does not have to be the final stake in a horrible life. It can actually be a launching point to your next life. Hey, Tiffany, how are you? Hi. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm doing very, very well. And, you know, on that note, I was just um, saying yesterday that I, I can't even believe where life has taken me. Now, if I were to know, you know, eight years ago, imagining the the best possible outcome in a crystal ball, I never would have imagined where I am today. It wouldn't have even been like part of my consciousness or reality to to even be possible. So I do feel really, really blessed, um, even, you know, despite the current challenges, but definitely blessed. Yeah, we were talking a bit about COVID. Uh, she's located in France. So we were talking a little bit uh, about the COVID situation and the new challenges that has presented and the new blessings, right? Me being locked in my house means I have more time to do things like meet you. (laughs) Yeah, true. And that's what launched my whole adventure right now, actually, to tell you the truth. I mean, I was involved in the family office field and organizing conferences for ultra high net worth individuals and talking about impact investing. And then COVID hit and I had several friends who were going through divorces and they reached out to me and they wanted counsel and they wanted help. And since I didn't know where to point them or I didn't have any specific place to point them that I felt really took things from a conscious perspective about how do you divorce in the right way, especially when you have a spouse that is not not playing nice or not playing ball, like a high conflict spouse like I had, I didn't know where to point them to give them the raw truth and the reality of the situation of how do you come out of this flourishing despite being in this kind of high conflict situation. You want to do what's best for you. You want to do what's best for the kids. So I ended up creating a course out of that, uh, out of what I wanted to share with my friends from my own experience and situation and what I had learned. And then it turned into a a whole universe. So for that, I'm thankful because COVID gave me that opportunity, that breathing space to be able to really put it all down into words, into videos. And um, and I think it's just given us all so much breathing space as to how, how we're going to reinvent the world when we come out of this bubble and yes. what do we want it to look like. And so yes. for me, conscious divorce was kind of like my little corner of the, the piece of the puzzle where I said, yeah, this this needs to change big time. So what needs to change? Um, And I want to point out something that you said, because I want to get people out of the mindset. Well, you know, you're flourishing because you didn't have a high conflict divorce or you're flourishing because it was easier for you or you're flourishing Mm. because, you know, we get those ideas in our head. Like, well, they're happy because it was easier for them somehow. Yeah. Can we burst burst that bubble a bit? Burst that bubble? Oh, for sure. No, happy to burst that bubble for sure, because... (laughs) <laughs> this the funny thing about me is like I don't really like to share my divorce story not because I'm private about it but because I see the looks on people's faces when I tell them everything that's happened to me 
I mean, they're practically traumatized just listening to me talk about it. So <laughs> I don't like to, uh, I don't like to get that reaction out of them because for, for them, you know, then it turns into like a conversation about, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're still walking. <laughs> I can't believe you're still on your feet and functional. When, when in fact, this is part of the paradigm shift that we need to have is that uh, you, these challenges, the way we face the challenges, the way we digest the challenges and learn the lessons from those challenges and rediscover ourselves through it, and then have the opportunity to really love ourselves through that discovery can be a, a huge catalyst for your own rising, your own rebirth, your own reinvention. So I always call it like a, a resurrection, the mm -hmm. resurrection of the Phoenix. The Phoenix is my, it's the company logo because that's what I felt like when I went through what happened was, you know, custody battles, total financial loss, uh, many different kinds of abuse, you know, just really high conflict, drawn out court battles, um, nearly everything that happened could happen, happened. And it, and it happened in such a way where I had to, I had to, I had to really learn how, what, what was at the core of the essence of who I was, who I really, really was, and what I really, really wanted out of life. It caused me to distill that and get rid of all the rest of the crap. That, that's a superpower really freeing on the other side, Oh, yeah. you know, because uh, people are like, oh, how do you get so much done, Sarah? How do you this? And so I said, I'm not worrying about what everybody thinks about me all the time, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you yeah. drop that baggage. There's a very, there's a blessing in your life falling apart in such a way that it's like, it, there's no chance of you looking like you have it all together. And then when you come mm -hmm. out of that, right, I call it bouncing yeah. back thought about the rise of the phoenix and a resurrection i think about it bouncing back better and it's like there's there's some good mm -hmm. stuff here on the other side you don't like me okay yeah i'm okay with that right you think i should be doing this well okay i'm glad you have your opinions everyone has opinions and buttholes go for it <laughs> yeah yeah if, if you're somebody like me who was holding on really tight to right. the I, I'm the good person. I'm doing yes. everything right. I'm the yes. good girl. I yes. was holding on to my traditions, my values, yes. my religion, my family, all of that. Uh, looking back was such a tiny prison. I had kept myself in and then and I didn't want to give it up. I yes. was hanging on tooth and nail to that identity of who yes. I was, the good, the good person, the good. Mm -hmm. And I tried so hard to do everything right. And I couldn't believe that things had turned out the way, you know, I felt like, oh, it's so unfair. I did everything right. And, and look at this absolute, you know, tornado of crap. But when that was forced away from me, when my reputation, when my identity, where the, the plan A of life was forced away from me, mm -hmm. it was such a liberating freedom, such an elation, because then, you know, then I could get really strong on, on not who I wanted to look like or who I wanted to be, but who I really was and appreciating that and and you know rediscovering actually maybe discovering for the first time my my real superpowers so yeah. so how do you help women find their superpowers after a toxic relationship or divorce or whatever it yeah. may be yeah it's it's an unlearning first mm -hmm. it's an unlearning of all those programs that you put upon yourself about who you were supposed to be and what life was supposed to be like uh, which we think is 
you know, the beautiful story, the fairy tale story. But when you, <laughs> when you get rid of that, I saw yeah, your, your laugh and your smile. You totally know what I'm talking about. I call it life 2.0. And in my, yes. in my coaching yes. program, they actually have to write two um, like eulogies, right? The life oh, they nice. thought they were going to have Brilliant. and then the yeah. life that they can build from here. And they usually like the second one better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the second one is miles, miles better, um, more powerful, more freeing, more. Yeah. So, so exactly. When I, when I went into the second version of who I wanted to be and who I was becoming, it was just becoming myself. It was just allowing myself to become myself and, and to think outside of the, you know, the, the multiple choice checkbox of, oh, well, you can either be this or you can be that, or you can be that. Actually, I can be none of those things. I'll be whatever I want to be in the way that I want to be it. It doesn't have to follow any kind of, you know, uh, formula or other people's expectations, Mm -hmm. even my own expectations. It doesn't need to fall. I can change my mind every month if I want to, but I'm Mm -hmm. free in that full expression of my vitality, my aliveness, you know, so yeah, it, it's completely changed my life, but it, it it took a while to get there. And it's not in a more selfish way. You do not come across as selfish. I don't think I come across as selfish. <laughs> that right. freedom, because that's what people have in their head. Oh, that's selfish. If I don't follow the rules, if I don't this, I'm that bad person or selfish or going against my parents or culture or whatever that else it me. may be, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, we we kind of look alike too, but I was like, oh no, we have like twin souls here as we're having this conversation. And I love, you have to burn your life down a bit to build mm-hmm. it back up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what exactly what I put in my course. I think you and I would align so much on this because it sounds like you're, you're totally on the same, you know, the pathway wavelengths, but there is a process to it. Mm -hmm. There's a burning it down. There's a letting it go. There's that mourning process. Mm -hmm. And then there's the figuring out who you are and what you want and the building process. And then the full expression process. And so I put those as the, you know, the stages of the Phoenix of what you do when you rebirth yourself. But yeah, I think the whole point of the selfishness, it really is, I find centered around women because I do both men and women and women have this idea that whenever they want something for the themselves, mm-hmm. truly from themselves, it's selfish mm-hmm. that they can't have their own desires, their own needs, their own wants, or put those in priority more often. Uh, Otherwise it's somehow selfish. And so I I use the term self-full a lot. Ooh, tell us how (laughs) self-full, uh-huh. You know, when you're full of yourself, like in a really wonderful way, it's like those, Uh you know, those older women who are just laughing and happy and they're always baking something and making something and nurturing other people and giving you hugs because they're self-full, they're confident, they're smiling, they're enjoying their lives and they're so full of life that it overflows onto everybody around them. Uh, and they're confident in that and they own it. They just own it that they are so overflowing, abundantly overflowing with intelligence, wisdom, creativity, whatever they can pour out onto the world. Uh, and I, I think we have to be in that position if we want to be really effective. You know, you can't, you can't be impacting the world on a 30% full battery. And I want to come back. You use the word effective. 
Okay. Mm. If you want to be effective, okay. I think it's a very important word because I want to compare the woman you just described to who do you need me to be? Who do you need me to be? Who do you Mm -hmm. need me to be? Who do you need me to be? Which is how the mode. So many of us raising my hand, not pointing a finger have Mm -hmm. operated in the past. Yeah. Right. Who do you need me to be? Oh, you need me to be this for you today. Be this for you today. You that people pleasing mentality. Um, and I think when we take a step back, we don't think of that person as unselfish. We, we think that they probably need to do some self work. Right. But we tell ourselves we are like somehow like a good person. If that's what we're giving out to the world. Yeah. We're using all of our fingers to plug all of the holes. And I I have a different kind of a a way of visualizing this, which is when we want to be the good little girl, meaning that we want to take care of everyone else's desires and needs. We're in submission and our own desires and life passions are in submission to everyone else's desires and needs. When many times the people around them don't know what they really need. (laughs) They don't, you know, they, we might be wiser than them. So it's kind of stepping out of these, this little girl, little good girl. Hold on. Did you just say we might be wiser than them? Well, what I'm saying is, is when you step out, you become the wise woman. I agree. I just want to shine the light on it because I agree that we might be wiser than them. I want to shine the light on that. Make sure everyone heard you. (laughs) But that's that it takes the courage to step into your wise woman and say, I know you're asking me for this, but what you really need is this. And let me nurture you in a better way instead of me running around like a crazy chicken. Oh yeah. Chicken with your head cut off. That's exactly it. What is your favorite strategy to help women overcome this or men? But most of my listeners are probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's women and men. Although the approach is, is different. You're right. Um, I think that first of all, we need a mindset shift Mm -hmm. that from what you mentioned at the very beginning, when we approach divorce, our assumption is that Number one, it's going to be a battle. Number two, it's going to be in court. Uh, number, you know, number three, we will probably never get the best life possible because we've already screwed it up, and we're going to be filled with uh, guilt and shame, and we're we're going to have a big failure sign on our forehead. Which those things couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, you you don't need to have a battle. This is kind of an illusion that we've set up for ourselves about well, if if you're not married anymore, then you're at war. And it's partially set up because of the the court system and the justice system, the way the attorneys have kind of taken over the divorce conversation and the accountants have taken it over because they're looking at it from a business point of view, not a personal point of view. So because this, this was part of my issue, whenever you search online, you're hearing things from attorneys, you're hearing things from financial planners, you're hearing, you know, where are you hearing things from the heart about the way things are consciously supposed to be when you're really, you know, trying to trying to work things out in the best possible way for your own spirit, your own well-being. So yeah, so I approach it in that way. That's a mindset shift, first of all. But then I do think that it helps to have the support of a group. So that's why I mean I I I made the course, but I also made small support groups because I think it's really hard to talk to people 
about what's going on in your divorce because either they don't understand or they make tragic faces like like my you know like people did with me or they're personally involved in the situation they're going to put all their own emotions into Ooh that's an important story. point. That is an important point because I hear people say, you know, I just my mother-in-law and I had such a good relationship mm-hmm. and now I'm divorcing her son and calling him a narcissist and we don't have a good relationship anymore and it's like yeah, yeah. you need to find you know she's she's too yeah. emotionally invested in the process mm-hmm. and then maybe even in her guilt regarding the process. Well, yeah, he's been selfish forever, but you know, I just thought you can take it or something along those lines, right? It's a pretty, a fool's journey. Oh, oh, yes. Especially, especially Mm -hmm. the in-laws. It's very emotionally charged. And then, you know, they take it to mean all kinds of things about them Mm -hmm. and their own behavior and their own life and their own family. And the, you know, the self-identification of the ego, but even, even friends who you had in common and who you think, oh, it's fine. They're just yeah. acquainted. And then you tell them you're getting divorced. And all of a sudden, they get very defensive and shut down. And well, what have you tried everything you possibly could? And what about your marriage? And aren't you committed? And the, it, they're just projecting all of their own fears about their own marriage mm-hmm. onto what's happening with you. And you don't see it coming because you think, well, it's got nothing to do with them. Why, why are they all up in my grill about this? But It's because people project their fears onto your divorce. Yes. Yes. That's great. That's great. Um, (laughs) I use a phrase called uh, who have ears willing to hear. Mm -hmm. And I say, save your words for people who have ears willing to hear. Um, Because I think so many times we just really hope someone's going to have ears, but they have all that emotional block that it shut down those fears that come up. And then you're banging your head against the wall. It's very frustrating. And you need to reserve your emotional energy in the middle of a divorce, not use it to convince other people about things that don't have ears to hear. That that was absolutely my first reaction was, I need to tell people my story so that they can understand me, so that they can support me and be on my side. So they can approve of you. Yes. Right. And that's, that's what I didn't realize either. So they can approve of me. I need to tell people things so they can approve of me and then give me permission Mm -hmm. to make the decisions I know that I need to make. That was, that was completely it. Yeah. And so that, that was also needed to be ripped from me to know that the only approval that I need is my own. The only permission that I need is my own. Again, stepping out of that little girl position Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. the wise woman position. I love it, little girl in a wise home. I love that conversation. Um, yeah, what are some of your other, I wish everyone knew this about building an amazing life after a divorce. What, what do you wish everyone knew? That it's possible, mm-hmm. that it's possible. And we, what you just said was really spot on, I think, because when we're in a situation that's massively draining, that's massively taxing. Everything in life is changing. You need to be very, very careful about who you're giving your energy and time to and where you're placing it. Because what you're doing in that catalytic transformative time is going to be setting the tone for the next chapters in your life. And if you're spending it worrying about your ex Um, trying to get people's approval, trying to get all of your eggs in the court basket, try, you know, all of these kind of wartime tactics that we take on out of fear. 
if you're doing that, you can set yourself up for a lot of disappointment and a lot of trauma. But if you're able to get around people who can elevate you, who can lift you and help you see the future that's possible for you, help you see your own potential, and then focus on that, focus on your growth, your healing, all of the rest of the blocks will fall into place, including the court, including the finances, including the children. All of those are a result of where you're putting your focus and attention. And if you're putting your focus and attention on the disaster and the trauma, well, guess what you're going to be building for yourself. Mm-hmm. So putting your focus and attention on your future rather than punishing him or oh, proving yes. yourself or prove, well, your future will prove yourself once you yes. learn to know yourself and love yourself. That's a result. So <laughs> what's really funny is that now looking back, I don't need to prove myself to anyone because of the woman that I've become, the things that I've accomplished in my life ever since the divorce. Anyone looking at the trajectory of my life would have said, oh my gosh, he was holding her so far back because as soon as I had that break and that rebirthing of myself, my trajectory just went straight up and I don't need to explain anything to anybody. They just look at that, that life path and they go, oh, okay. Yeah, I see that. Yes. Uh, the best revenge is a life well lived. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You can, you can do that exponentially. And, and the faster you start on that rebuilding path, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the faster you can do that, but the, the rest of the stuff works out. Absolutely. You think is going to take all of your attention and all of your energy are actually byproducts of, of who you are and where your mind is. And I, I think it's really important to categorize the different problems to solve because we feel like it's like a, a, I call it spaghetti and waffles, right? It's like all mixed yeah. together and this to the kids and what's this and this and my in-laws are mad at me and this person and this where am I going to live and then blah, 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 maybe he's taking my money, blah, blah, blah. you know, it turns yeah. into this like snowball of like, how could you possibly yeah. even make a dent in that? Um, and I need, you talked about an accountant and a lawyer. I need to talk to my accountant. That goes into one box. I need to call my lawyer. That goes into another box. I need to figure out where the kids are going to school. That's in another box. I need to emotionally build myself up in a way that I can be present for my kids. That goes in a different box. And when we think about them as different problems to solve, yeah, it we can start to build some momentum in building that future, right? Rather than like feeling like you crushed, you're crushed under the weight of everything that needs to happen. Well, I, I do. What I see is that we tend to put kind of the logistical things and the material things in priority, and then we'll put our own self-care and our own rising last, which actually is counterproductive because we're functioning you know, when you're making that scale of decisions, those hugely important decisions, you you don't want to do it with a mixed up fried brain and, 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 you know, you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, your, your thoughts are running to fear, you're all mixed up, you're cloudy. That's, that's not the state in which you need to be in. It's better to make one decision in a day where you are completely centered, calm, where your focus is on, on your yourself and your rising rather than 10 decisions in a day when you haven't had time to take care of yourself because the you know you can rabbit trail you can rabbit trail for years if mm-hmm. if you don't put yourself in priority there and you don't put your state of mind in priority there so for me it's it's less of a checkbox and more of a 
a, f- a foundation or an or an ambiance in which you do things. It's like, am I going to do this all frazzled, or am I going to do this like like a sane person, like a, a person that loves themselves from a place of strength? Yeah, I yeah. love you. I love the phrase you said. Focus on yourself and your rising. Mm-hmm. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. Focus on yourself and your rising. That's awesome. Anything else, Tiffany, that you want you want people to know? Um, one last tip for building an amazing life. Well, for building an amazing life is is a really broad category, but after a toxic relationship, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, difficult after, divorce, yeah, maybe yes. Relationship. Uh-huh. Yeah, I. I I just want to say that what people have told you, what stories have told you, what's out there about divorce is not the reality and it doesn't have to be your reality. You there there is so there's there's a much more conscious, a much more amazing way to do it where you're going to come out farther ahead. As you said, bounce even higher or rise even higher. This is a training ground. This is a catalytic moment where you get to reinvent yourself completely. So do it well. You know, how many opportunities in your lifetime do you have to completely rebirth and reinvent yourself? This is a fantastic opportunity for you to do that. So don't miss it. Don't miss it and and buy into those stories and the lies that are out there. I love it. Tiffany, where can people find more out about you? Uh, they can go to the website from divorce to destiny.com, but actually nothing's happening on there, just information. But I do have a Facebook group that's really active and there's daily videos and tips. And I talk a lot about just consciousness and rebirthing yourself and loving yourself and discovering yourself. So there's a lot of free content there on my Instagram, but all of it's under from divorce to destiny. So it's really easy to find. Awesome. Tiffany, thank you so much for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Yeah. Thank you. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.